Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 483 for Wednesday, the 21st of December, 2016. Just a few days off from Christmas, folks. Yep, Hope yep. you have shopping done. If you haven't, cat5.tv and uh, click on to our uh, support us links and find everything you need on Amazon. They have next day shipping. Yes, they do. It's a good idea. Yep. I hope you didn't leave it this last minute. I really don't. There are some packages that are still guaranteeing you can receive. Absolutely they are. Absolutely they are. They're phenomenal. They're amazing. Uh, This week on the show, we're going to be looking at a text editor called Atom. How geeky can we get that we are actually looking at a text editor? But it actually kind of takes things to the next level as far as it's a great uh, text editor for programming. But combined with code stats, it makes your coding like a video game. in that you can level up as you code in your favorite language. So stick around. We're going to show you how that works. That's cool. And it works on Windows, Linux, and Mac. So you don't want to miss out on that if you are getting into coding at all or if you're already there, like me. Stick around. Sasha Dermatis is over there in the newsroom. How are you? I am great. And here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Your health tracker is poised to provide your personal data to the highest bidder. Mario is available for iOS. Yahoo was hacked again, big time, years ago, and it's just coming out now. Lonely and Live Alone? A Japanese company is now selling lifelike anime girlfriends. The catch is they're very tiny and they can't leave their cage. And at least two major players in the space race claim they have working prototypes for a new type of space engine that can get us to Mars in just 10 weeks with no fuel. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, my name's Robbie Ferguson. Please help me welcome tonight Jeff Weston. Hey, how are you? Doing well, Jeff, you? I, I'm doing great. I am um, surprised. A surprise. Yes. Seeing as um, this is our last episode before Christmas, oh. I think we need to get a little bit festive. Okay. Ah. Ho, ho, ho. Sasha, I will not leave you out. Thanks, Jeff. <sighs> We're doing this. Yep. <clears throat> My do, favorite time of year. How do I look? I even put up a Christmas tree. Do you see how much I saw work, that? Yeah. How much work I went to? I I pulled it out of the box. He trimmed the tree. I put it. I put it up. Well done. I plugged it in. It looks beautiful. Yeah. This there. is why I wore my red sweater because I wanted it. to be festive. Can we, can we call you Mrs. Claus for the for the rest of the show? Like, <laughs> well, I'm engaged. I can be like Ms. Claus. Ms. Right Claus. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah. We'll be Santa 1 and Santa 2. Well, hey, uh, oh, yeah, that's Sasha Dermatis over there in the newsroom, by the way. Uh, nice to see you. She's like, I don't even know what to say. She's just so giddy excited about her hat. I know. These are cool. They're actually very comfortable. I'm going to wear it outside, and it'll keep me warm mm-hmm. so that I don't catch colds. That's true. Yeah, that would be a really neat thing. Uh, I was mentioning tonight we're going to be looking at uh, the Atom text editor. I'm excited yes. about that because uh, it's a really, really neat way to uh, level up when you're coding. I'm a coder. So, <laughs> you know, we got to make it fun for ourselves. gives us some incentive to better ourselves when we're coding. Uh, our live recordings tonight are trusted only to solid-state drives from Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over te- uh, traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Uh, okay, well, 
Before we get into the feature, I mean, here we are. It's a couple days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year, because we won't be here until after uh, New Year's. We'll, our next show is going to be on the 4th of January. No. Next week. No, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're here on the 28th. Yes. Obviously. You almost canceled us for a week. No. <sighs> we are, we're here every single week, and I just lost a week because you know what it is? My schedule is crazy over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, mine too. You got all this family stuff going on, and, and uh, you know, really nice to see everybody and, and hoping that we get to see everybody. And, uh, yeah, my, my head is... I'm also kind of hopped up on uh, cough medicine. Is it, like... The good stuff, or you can take a uh, no, yeah. no, this is just the regular cough medicine, the uh, stuff that you buy at shoppers. Yeah, I, I could never do Buckley's whenever I got sick. Couldn't, couldn't do it, eh? Nope, couldn't do it. When they say that stuff tastes awful, it's true. It tastes so bad that you never get sick at all anymore. No, no, mom, I'm not sick. Right. No, you naturally, you're cough in your head. I'm not, not sick. Okay, <laughs> just let me go to school, please. That's, That's right. the st- strategy behind Buckley's, right there. That's uh, true. Uh, of course, being that this is the week of Christmas, um, even though I'm mixed up, you're not. You've been doing shopping through our online uh, mm-hmm. partners, and I want to say thank you very, very much. Uh, that's helping us a lot uh, through this traditionally fairly slow time for advertising because we do a lot of reviews we do a lot of stuff like that but everybody's uh, budgets are very tied up right yes. now so uh, so we're working with some great companies but your uh, contributions help us to be able to uh, keep the show going throughout the the holiday season and uh, so that uh, you know shopping through our Amazon link is probably the biggest way that people are supporting us right now yep. um, because that it, it makes a substantial difference like it's amazing how it works because when you purchase through our link, so you go to our website, you click on support us and it's category five TV, click on support us and use our partner links. And then uh, up to about six and a half percent of any sale that, 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 or any purchase that you make on Amazon goes to support category five TV. Wow. Six and a half percent. That's amazing. Uh, but it doesn't cost you any more. Uh, another way that people are supporting us is through Patreon, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say thanks to those who are continuing their support on Patreon, but also uh, those who are new to uh, patronage. And that's a way that you can support us by giving 25 cents or a dollar per episode. And by doing that, um, you know, you say a dollar per episode, and you think, okay, that's, I, I'm going to buy coffee every day, possibly, you know, on my way into work, and it costs two dollars. Mm-hmm. So a dollar a week for Category Five TV, and Nothing. that's it, it. Really, isn't uh, a lot of money, but it helps us a lot because that is a, a recurring. Uh, we'll call it an income. We don't take an income here, but it pays for the rent and things like that, and yep. keeping our internet going. Um, beyond that, uh, we got a lot of uh, donations through PayPal as well this week. We have our tip nice. jar on our website. It's uh, donate.category5.tv, and big thank you to those of you who have just said you know what, I really want to support this show. Maybe I don't want to do Patreon right now, uh, but I do want to uh, throw something into the tip jar, and we've had several of, of you uh, doing that this week. Thank you. So it's helped a lot. Um, and coming up to January, you know, we're almost at January now. I thought we were already there. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> and uh, th- so that has helped us to uh, to prepay our rent for the next month, and so we're covered. And then... Uh, uh, you know, there's all the other expenses that we have to that we have to pay for as well. We had our, our big monitor. We've got a 24 inch monitor over here that died. Um, Sasha and I were looking at that 
<clears throat> just before the show because that's what we use to be able to see um, ourselves, and so mm-hmm. people h- here can see what's going on on the on the screen, even though they can't see us through all these monitors and everything. Uh, and it's unfortunately given up the ghost, so I'm going to see if we can get it repaired. But otherwise, we're going to have to replace that as well. So all these little things that that happen unexpectedly. Um, and I really, really appreciate your support. So thank you. All right. Long-winded thank you. But you deserve a long-winded thank you. It's a season to be grateful. I suppose it always is a season to be grateful to those Indeed. who support us. Thank you. Okay, so tonight we're going to be looking at a text editor called Atom. A-T. OM, and they deem themselves as being um, a, a hackable text editor for the 21st century. Uh, it is a, a, you know, a text editor is a text editor. On the surface, it's, uh, it's pretty boring. Uh, I'll admit it. Not all that exciting. But what I do like about Adam and what I like about a good text editor like Genie or something like that is that it uh, provides um, syntax highlighting. Okay. So no matter what language you're coding in, um, you're going to be able to see if you've entered a syntax error. Today I was programming in Atom, for example, and I was doing a um, I was doing um, a prepared statement for MySQLi in okay. PHP, and I was it just slipped my mind, and I hadn't assigned um, the value to a string, and I was trying to inject the string directly in the prepared statement uh, in the params. So. You can't do that. You've got to assign the uh, this this the value to a string, and then you can include it in the prepared statement. Right. Um, so the the editor Adam actually told me that before I even uploaded the the mistake and got a syntax error on on Apache. Okay. So I could see visually through the syntax highlighter that it, hey, I did something wrong here. I'm not quite sure what I did, and then I realized oh. Yeah, I put 43 there. I needed to put that in a string and then call it in the prepared statement. So all that to say, syntax highlighting can really help you as you're coding because it colorizes and makes things easier for you to visually see if you mess up. In addition to that, things like uh, matching brackets when you highlight a bracket. I always miss a bracket somewhere. Always. Well, and it's... It helps to be able to find the bracket. If I click on, uh, and, and I'll show you this in a couple moments when we install this, um, when I talk about matching brackets, let's say you're creating a function in PHP, and that's my core language, so, so that's what I'm, I'm going to be coding in most of the time. Um, if you create an, uh, an opening brace, for example, for the function, and then you create the closing brace, and then you create all your function in between, and then you forget where your closing brace is, you click on the opening brace, and it will highlight the closing brace. So that okay. you can visually see, oh, there's the closing brace for this function, right. not the next one down. And it really, really helps. So we're going to jump over to Ubuntu Mate. Uh, I've got it installed here in a virtual machine. And we're just going to get started with um, installing the Atom editor. Now, I'm using 16.04. And I was surprised to find that Atom is not, in fact, available in the repositories for 1604. Uh, but it is available in 16.10. So if you go into the software boutique and you try to find it, you're, you're actually not going to find it anywhere in there. And even through... Um, I installed uh, Synaptic Package Manager because manager, I really don't like um, using these, uh, you know, the software boutique in Ubuntu. Uh, I'm not into that. So what I would do, if you are not into that at all, just like me, not to digress, but just to give you a little bit of help. First of all, I'm going to go sudo su to become root. 
then I don't have to type sudo, which is really, you know, one of those things in Ubuntu that, uh, you know, I'm more of a Debian baby, so I prefer to do it this way. So I could go apt-get update and run that command, and then apt-get install synaptic, and that will give me synaptic package manager. So now I don't have to use the software boutique. I can actually use synaptic package manager, which is, especially on 16.04, which is the LTS of Ubuntu Mate, um, you're going to find that's a lot easier to find packages because it's got the search functionality. Um, in Ubuntu Mate 16.10, uh, we start to see um, the boutique improved, uh, but I still prefer Synaptic Package Manager. So that's not to digress, but um, it is not, Atom is not available. On your system, you may be able to simply install it like that, apt-get install Atom or whatever, um, whatever repository management system you're using, whether you're using Yum on on your system or however you do it. So in our case, we're going to have to get it off of their website, which fortunately they make very, very easy. Um, so we're going to head on over to their website. It's atom.io. My nose is stuffy, so every time I say atom, it sounds like I'm saying atom. I know that. So just keep that in mind. We're talking atoms here, like the atomic scale, all right? <laughs> Let's get in there and bring up Firefox. Boom. All right. So, atom.io. And second Firefox window. There we go. Okay, over here, uh, we see that uh, there is a Deb and RPM package ready for us. Uh, it's automatically detected that I'm on Linux. If you are on Windows, if you're on Mac OS X, it's going to auto-detect that as well and give you the installers for that. So okay. uh, even though I'm doing this on Linux, on a Debian-based um, system, this is Ubuntu Mate, um, you're going to be able to do this on Windows, on Mac. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. Uh, and, of course, it's compatible with any, any uh, Linux system as well. Uh, if you'd like to find, you know, find out more information about it, there's a cute little commercial about uh, about the the software itself. But again, it's just a text editor. I mean, we'll call it just a text editor. Let's download that um, that Deb package. You can click on other platforms if you're not seeing the one that uh, you know if it's not giving you the right one, and that's where you'll find the Windows download, the Mac download, all of them in one one single place. Okay, so <clears throat> oh, there it is. So there they are. See that? So Mac, Windows, you've got all of them all in one place here. Okay, so you can download the Windows version if you need to. Being on Linux, on a Debian-based Linux, I'm going to download the Deb Pack. So we're going to save that. Now, for anybody who's not familiar but they want to get into this, what's the difference between the .deb and the .rpm? .deb is for Debian-based um, Linux operating systems. .rpm is for Red Hat-based operating systems. So there you go. two different flavors of Linux, uh, different package management um, utilities, and right. a different way of distributing packages. So you just need to know which one is going to be compatible with your system. That's all. Uh, and uh, if you're not sure, um, just find out which, which uh, operating system yours is based on. Uh, Firefox places your downloads up in this kind of guy up here. So when I click on the arrow, I can then click on the folder to bring me to the folder that contains all my downloads. Usually that's in your home folder, there is a folder called Downloads. So that's where you'll find it. Okay. Let's see where it's gone. 
There it is. Okay, so you can see I already downloaded it a little bit earlier. I did that just in case we had any internet troubles tonight. Uh, so now in Linux, I can do this one of two ways. First of all, I can right-click on it and open it with my package installer. Uh, that's the way that we're going to do it tonight. Alternatively, if you want to use the terminal, or maybe if you're, you know, if you're not finding a package installer, you can also use dpkg. So to do that, and I'm just going to show you cd slash, uh, tilde slash, that's your home folder. So if I hit enter on that, it's going to take me into home. But now I'm going to go into my downloads folder. And if I do an ls, you'll see there's the file. So I can go dpkg-i amd64.deb. And that's going to actually install that in, in Debian using dpkg. So I can do that in the terminal as well. Uh, we're going to use the, the GUI this time, though. So let's right-click on it open it with our GW package manager and remember that this step may be entirely unneeded for you because you may find if you're using 16.10 onwards or if you're on Debian I also found it in the repositories on Debian 8 uh, so you may be able to install this directly using synaptic package manager or whatever your favorite package manager is we're having to download the Debian pack and uh, and then we can install it that way Okay, here we go. It's just loading up and figuring out what the dependencies are. It says that it's going to install uh, three different packages. We can kind of click around and find out what it includes if we want to. Um, we don't need to do that. Let's click on details. We'll see that it's going to also install git, gitman, lib error, Perl. It's not going to remove anything, so we're happy. Install the packages, uh, the package itself. I'm going to minimize. Oh, it's asking for a password. Here we go. This is your super user password root password and there it goes so nice and easy to install again just a text editor how boring is that super but very cool i'm a coder so i like good text editors absolutely uh, i'd love to know what uh, what language you're coding in um primarily and you're going to see this i i program in php all the time and i i just use a text editor to do that um i do a lot of um a lot of php Obviously, some CSS on top of that, some some JS as well. Um, you'll find that you'll see a lot of text, like just plain text as well, that's just like config files or whatever. Um, so we're going to look at that. Um, so because of the way that Atom can be integrated with a, a service called CodeStats, we're going to be able to turn this into more than just a text editor. We're going to be able to make it so that um, through CodeStats, we can track... Um, not individual code. It's not monitoring or logging our keystrokes in that way, but it logs uh, points. It has a point system that is now going to turn your coding into a bit of a video game for you. Um, so it makes it a little bit more fun. Add some incentive as you're coding uh, to try to code a little bit more than the next guy. Right? Fun. Like you to get this installed. Let's uh, let's distribute our code stats links and uh, compare who's doing the most coding, and we'll, we'll battle it out. Um, so this is just installing from that dev pack. Here we go. And you're going to see how CodeStats is going to take this text editor and make it into uh, something a little bit more fun. Not that that's a feature of it. I think it's important to note that because this is a hackable text editor, and what that means is you can, it's ex extendable. So you, people can add packages to it, plugins and themes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you can, you can tweak it to do some extra things that a text editor can't normally do. So that's how we're able to implement something like code stats, which is just going to make it a lot of fun. It's exciting. Super exciting for us super nerds. See, I think back to, you know, 
I don't know, 10, 15 years ago when I was doing websites and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was, um, was it cute HTML or something? Oh, yes. Cute, cute PHP I was using and, you know, there's a little bit of coloring there, but there yeah, was, it had there was nothing hi- highlighting a Windows program. That yeah, was just a text that's editor. right. Yeah. But the idea of having like a, a kind of a game built into it, I would have done so much more. Just oh sure, because. I'd be like creating functions just for just for the sake of exactly creating functions. It's like how abnormally huge can I make this little website be in the back end? Because I want to play the game. Hello world, heck no. <laughs> That's right. Dollar sign hello equals hello. Dollar sign world equals world. Echo, dollar sign hello, dot dollar sign world. Enter. There you go. Level you up. Just, you just leveled Boom. up. You just leveled up on hello world. <laughs> Okay, installation finished. There we go. Adam AMD64.deb was installed. All right, let's close out of that. Let's go into programming in our ac- applications menu if everything went to where I suspect it's going to have gone. Ba-da-da. This machine is running slow for me today. It's got a cold, too. I think so. It may have. I may have a hard drive issue in there. We're going to put an SSD in there to get rid of that. Bear with me, folks. <laughs> so, any good plans for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Lots of family stuff. I'm going to actually be uh, doing some more reviews, too. Oh, this is Ooh, nice. It's responding and everything. Programming. Atom. There we go. Let's bring her up. I'm excited. Your machine is going to be faster than mine. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's cold here in Canada. It takes a little bit longer to get mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. up and running. We do this on purposely. We slow down all the virtual machines so that we can fill time. There you it's go. That's true. There you go. Got to fill an hour with a text editor. Not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm pretty sure she's coming up. Come on, Adam. Uh, Come on, Adam. This is not Adam's fault. This is a virtual machine in virtual box on my system here that's already kind of bogged down. So forgive me for that. I guess we need to run more power to the uh, Igloo Studio. Yeah, you know. Get the sled dogs working the, that treadmill. Maybe throw some uh, some coolant in there. Mm-hmm. Might be a good idea. It's, it's trying yeah. to keep trying there to keep going. There we go. There we go. Okay, so we're in Atom. Just about. And uh, you know what? I'm going to get out of the virtual machine and switch over here so that I can show you how to set up code stats uh, because that's just dreadfully slow right now, that virtual machine. I think it it may actually be my host. Look at that. Yeah, things are bogged right down. Check our system stats. You know, if you're in Linux, uh, let's see what's going on here. HTOP would probably do it for me. I'm not sure if there's a system monitor here somewhere. In Point Linux, this is my host operating system. Let's see. Well, let's use HTOP. Find out what's going on. Hooey, baby. Look at that. My load is 3.29 average. What is going on? Is that processor or internet? That's the processor. The CPU is running at uh, at uh, three point oh nine. Wow! 
which in Linux terms means basically there's a lot of stuff going on on this computer right now, even though not a lot of stuff. It looks like, um, well, let's look at the, the CPU here. F6 to sort by CPU. What's doing it? Desktop presenter is using 76% of the CPU. And wow. then some. Oh, no, that's not possible. Are you running two versions? VirtualBox. That's what I'm wondering, if, if two versions of Desktop Presenter are running. I don't think that's possible, though. It's just the way well, that it's... They've got different ID numbers. Different PIDs? Yeah, they do. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Notice that's an EXE that's running under Wine. VirtualBox is only using, on my system, 45% CPU. So virt between VirtualBox and streaming the screen to you for some reason tonight, it's being nasty. Being nasty. Let's get back into here. Let's see if I indeed do have two versions of Desktop Presenter running, which I do not. Just one. There it is. Hmm. Well, we'll just make do. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can do it. We're in Adam. Uh, no, that's their website. Come on, come on. Close out of some of the things here. I know, right, is Sasha? A, is it a great Are you suggest we maybe go over to the newsroom? <laughs> <laughs> of all the things, we can demonstrate incredible <laughs> games. We can demonstrate crazy applications that are resource intensive. And the one day that the computer that I'm using wants to act up is the day we are demonstrating a text editor. Text editor. Wow. I love this show. The, never know what you're in for, do you? It's all good. It's all good. I think, you know, if we can still have fun, then we're, we're good to go. See, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb up. And, and say that because Sasha's trying to meld the world of Star Wars and Star Trek, she's just oh, we're not messing going there just now, are we? with the technology continuum, which keeps this studio together. It's yeah, ripping apart you, at the fabric. You just don't want to mess with that, Sasha. Okay, Atom is up on my screen. I've got I'm, you too. Boy, oh boy, this computer. Folks, I think the computer's dying. Keep waiting. That's a great time to talk about Patreon. <laughs> Please send money. <laughs> We're actually in a, an interesting time of transition with the show, too, because our new set is coming in next week. And yes. so... Um, computers are going to be moved around maybe it's time to service this one and find out you know what's what's going on uh there's adam it's up and running and i apologize for the delay there i know you're on the edge of your seat i want to see this text editor come on come on okay what can we do we can install a package we can open a project we can create new files of course being a text editor uh what does it look like well just like that so hello world okay Nice and easy peasy. Uh, you can close all the tabs that it opens up. You can set it so that it doesn't open those up at, uh, at program launch. Um, you can play around with all your settings and figure out how everything works. We're not going to get too detailed into all the different settings and things that are available. We'll, we'll get into some fun stuff. So let's jump over to CodeStats. Let's see if we can get there now. CodeStats.net. 
and I'm going to do this on uh, on the the hypervisor here so that we have a little bit more resources available to us. So Code Stats is pretty cool. It's a, a free service that allows you to uh, basically, well, there you go, write code, level up, show off. It's a free stats tracking service for programmers. And it feels like this is like the Fitbit of programming. It tracks, okay. it tracks everything that you do. And in a completely... Um, like it's not sharing my code it's not taking my code it's just keeping track of my what i like how much i code and then gives me points based on that so i can actually bring up my own profile and and we'll see that in a couple of moments time uh but first of all let's let's get logged into uh to code stats here i'm going to jump over to another system so that i can grab my uh my password which is super secure uh so let's bring her in so my user profile is called Bald Nerd. I'm going to log in. Uh-oh. Bald Nerd. There we go. Case-sensitive usernames. Okay, so there's my profile. So if you go to codestats.net slash users slash bald nerd, and as we determined just now, it's case-sensitive. Um, you can see my stats for today, and so the orange is today, and the green is uh, previous day. So you can see that I am currently level 2 on PHP, level 1 on JavaScript. You always start at level 0. CSS, CSS I'm still at 0. Uh, shell scripts, I'm at level one. So I've leveled up a couple of times there, and I've been programming on their system just since December 13th. So, hey, game on. Game on. How do we do this? How do we make it so that we can actually start tracking our stats? It's surprisingly easy now that we have our um, Atom editor installed. So we're going to go to machines once you've created and logged into your CodeStats account. And down here, we're going to create a new machine. So this is going to be called um, Slow Virtual Machine. And we're going to add that machine, and that's going to give us an API code for that machine. So we're just going to copy that to our clipboard. Okay, and then jump back to that machine, and in Atom, we're going to hit Control, Comma, and that's going to bring up our, our settings window. And in the settings window, you're going to see packages at the left-hand side here, so let's head on over there. And we're going to do a quick search for code stats. And hit Enter. Let's see what happens here. This machine is dreadful. Not sure if there's a space in it or not. Let's see. I think that's the package. Let's see. Yes. And we want to add it to Atom. Code stats. Code dash stats. Okay. Code dash stats dash Atom. That's what we're missing. Code dash stats dash Atom. Enter. Come on, give us a package. Our virtual machine has internet, does it not? <laughs> It'd just be an enormous fail if it doesn't even connect to the internet. Let's see. Code stats, Adam package. Yeah, it's there. Code stats. All right. Well, I think that our, our virtual machine is just dying here. It's not showing. Oh, there oh. we go. Okay, we're starting to see code dash code stats. Stats. Mm. Stats. 
wonder why it's not getting it. I'm going to check the version here and... Yeah, we've got the latest version because we just downloaded it, 1.12.7. That's correct. That's what we want. Uh, okay, we've got community packages. says zero. That's interesting. I haven't seen that before. Let's jump into updates and see what happens here. Checking for updates. Do we have any? Oh, you know what I think it is, Jeff? I'm used to working on my system. This is okay. This is how we learn together, right? Uh, I'm used to working on my system where I already installed it. So when I go into packages and do a search for it, there it is. Boom. Right. Okay. I haven't installed it yet. So we're going to jump over to install. My mistake. Ah, We're not going to go into packages. Yeah. Oh, did he say that? Just. Garby. Way to go. Yeah. Who said it first, me or Garby? It was Garby Garby. by a. Was it Garby? Oh, Garby, you're winning. You're winning by a point. (laughs) All right. So in install, let's try it again here. Code dash stats dash atom. Enter. Now it's searching. Thank you very much, Garby. There it is. Okay, so let's install that. Here it comes. Remember, we've got that API uh, key in our clipboard right now, so that's, that's what we're going to use to set this thing up. Worst virtual machine demonstration ever. <laughs> but we're having fun. Don't be hating VirtualBox. We're probably out of coolant or something. It could be. I'm guessing so. Boy, oh boy. That's what's fun about live TV. Yes. <laughs> I'll take it. That's what's is like. It, is it fun? Fun yes. about live That's TV. That's what's the adventure about live TV. Uh, it's installed. We've got it now. There we go. Okay, so now that CodeStats-Adam is in, we're going to hit Settings. Don't worry, you only have to do this once. Look, it's looking for an API key. All right, so I'm going to jump back there. I want to just make sure that I've got that uh, API key in my clipboard. Go to my machines, jump to the slow virtual machine, grab just the key itself with no additional spaces or anything like that. There it is in my clipboard. And we're going to add that to the system. No, it doesn't copy from virtual machine. No. Let's see if we can turn on clipboard sharing. Let's just go (laughs) bi-directional. What are you giggling about over there? I am loving Garby in this. Yeah? Like, Like, oh, you guys are Make sure shared clipboard is on. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Okay. Once again, who was first? It was Garby. (laughs) No! Come on! Two points for Garby! Come on now! It's the Garby Uh, show today. Yeah, it's kind of the Garby show. Make sure your clipboard is on. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that, Garby. (laughs) Thank you for your interaction. I appreciate that. Okay, so with shared clipboard on, you jerk. (laughs) It works. Okay, so there we go. There's no save button or anything like that. There's nothing else I need to do. It's done. I can close that. And there we go. So now, CodeStats is indeed tracking my slow virtual machine, uh, but it's not showing there yet because I haven't actually coded anything. So let's get coding. What do you want to do? Let's create a PHP file. So we're going to basically tell the system that this is a PHP file by saving it as a PHP file. Let's just throw that onto our desktop and we'll call this test.php. And let's do what we said we were going to do. Hello equals 
<laughs> I know, this is incredibly <laughs> lame. <laughs> and we'll go... Uh, we want to just echo it? Just for sure. the record, I um, I actually, like, this is my level. This is actually just a little bit ab- above my level. When you're like, this is incredibly lame, I'm like, wait, hello? We created, <laughs> all right, so we created a string. It's not a yeah, PHP tutorial, good. nor should this be considered one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to say hello. Dot. World. And add a comment by Robbie. I'm not sure if there's a uh, underscore in UC first or not. Is there? Does syntax highlighting tell me? Oh, US first. UC first. Oh, look at that. Popped up. UC first. No, there's definitely not. I love how PHP throws you for a loop sometimes with that. So now that I've, I've done some stuff there, at least I've got a PHP file going. And you see... My slow virtual machine has now gained me 64 points. Oh, 131! Yeah! Beat that, Gerby! <laughs> there you go. So now I'm climbing. I'm climbing now. So I'm on my way to a level four uh, as far as my points goes. So you know what? It's a lot of fun. It's a text editor. Uh, but um, with that addition of code stats, we've got a little bit of competition going on. A lot of fun right. to be able to track your, your progress and, and do it that way. Um, so that's something interesting that you can do with Atom. But looking at the editor itself, so let's get a look at it. We've got some cool features like you see how when I do echo, you see first, which is uppercase first, uh, first letter. And I hit bracket, it creates a closing bracket. Okay? Okay. So then I can start going hello. And then when I click on the... When, I, when I'm currently cursored on that closing bracket, notice how it has put an underline on my opening bracket so that I can see that that's the bracket that is part of that. So so if I'm creating a function, as I was mentioning before, and notice it did some kind of auto-complete there, so now I have two closing brackets. Whoops, because I had closed it myself. So you need to watch out for that kind of thing, and that's why I don't like automation when it comes to closing brackets and stuff. Um, and let's go, you know, whatever. Right? So we can create a function out of it. But then when I, I click on that, when I cursor over that closing bracket, that closing brace, I can see the, the opening brace up here is underlined. Right. So let's look at how we can kind of change that behavior. Let's again hit control comma to go into our settings and then we can go into core and Oh, no, you know what? I'm going to go into packages here, and we're going to do a search for bracket. And you see the bracket matcher there? Let's go into settings. And we can change the behavior so that it doesn't auto-complete everything. Like if we want it to stop auto-completing brackets, I can actually turn off that feature while still leaving the, um, uh, the highlighting in place. Autocomplete smart quotes, which can be uh, equally annoying to me. Uh, so that's where if I add a quotation, it will add a closing quotation. Um, wrap selection in brackets. You know, you might leave that on or turn it off depending on your preference. But it allows you to customize it quite well. Uh, and then we can add plugins to, to change the way that the brackets look, the way that the theme looks, if you want to change the theme. What other text editor gives you this kind of... Um, 
customizability. So if I want to change, say I want to go to the base 16 tomorrow dark highlighting. So that's now changed the highlighting colors of my text editor in Atom. So that looks pretty sleek. And you can actually install and download uh, more themes and all kinds of things. So let's do a search for bracket, for example. And you're going to find... And this is really, I mean, this is a very, very basic tutorial. You'll find this as, as a, a, a hackable text editor, there's so much stuff that you can do to customize Atom and make it the way that you want it to be. Um, let's, let's find one that, okay, here's one that animates the bracket highlighting. Uh, this one provides an obnoxiously fancy animated bracket matcher. That sounds fun. So I'm going to throw that on there. And I can always disable it. I can always re-enable it or change the settings however I want to do it. So that one's going to actually require that we still have our bracket matcher um, enabled, the plugin that we were just configuring, but it's going to change the functionality of it, change the skin, the style of it. So even if you didn't find a package or feature that you like, you could write one and install it. Sure, if you know if you know the I'm not uh, this is node.js I believe. So if you if you know how to code for it then yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, and that's part of the idea. That's part of the brilliance of Atom is that they've built it so that it is something that you can add features to and something that all these folks have added features to and and they've made it so that it's uh, it's easily accessible through their own kind of installation process. So now that I've installed that, you'll see see how the brackets have changed. Now it's no longer an underline. It's this highlighted thing. Oh, okay. Right? So that stands out very, very well for me. I like that. I do too. I don't find that obnoxiously annoying at all. I find that's kind of nice. So that's, you know, that's Adam in a nutshell as far as getting it installed, getting it up and going. It is a text editor. It's, uh, it's got syntax highlighting for all your popular languages and uh, it's going to um, probably function very very well for you give it a try see what you think some folks are like oh it's node.js i'm not into that um i'm i'm like it works great you know I, it runs on windows linux and mac so i'm happy it, yep. it runs well even on my dreadful virtual machine it performs quite well <laughs> And I love that you can add things like code stats. Check them out, codestats.net, and get yourself signed up and add your computer to Adam. And, uh, and, and then once you have, get into our community. Send us an email if you like, live at category5.tv. Tell us what your profile is. I'm Bald Nerd with capital B, capital N, and uh, you can kind of compete with me throughout the week and see how, uh, how each of us does. And I think we'll have a lot of fun with that. All right, that's Adam from atom.io. Check it out. Exciting. Text editor. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'll give it that. All right, Sasha, over in the newsroom. Hey. Hello. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Your health tracker is poised to provide your personal data to the highest bidder. Mario is available for iOS. Yahoo was hacked again, big time, years ago. And it's just coming out now. Lonely and live alone? A Japanese company is now selling lifelike anime girlfriends. The catch is they're very tiny and they can't leave their cage. And at least two major players in the space race claim that they have working prototypes for a new type of space engine that can get us to Mars in just 10 weeks with no fuel. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. 
Yaman, you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of December 21st, 2016. If you use a Fitbit or Apple Watch, you probably love the health insights you get from your wearable. You know how much you move, how well you sleep, and have likely started tracking patterns and trends as soon as you have enough time logged. But you're not alone. There are tons of advertisers and big pharma companies interested in your personal health data. And according to researchers, they can get it almost as easily as you can. An extensive report published by the Center for Digital Democracy and American University tackles the complicated issue of health wearables and big data systems from every angle. It comes to a troubling conclusion. There are almost no privacy safeguards in place for consumer health data and multiple industries are, are ready and willing to mine the system for profit. According to the report, there are benefits of a connected health system like personalized insurance policies and improved emergency services. Wearable maker Apple, makers Apple and Fitbit have even partnered with healthcare companies in an effort to collect user data for just that reason. But the good of a, of a connected health system could be marred by the potential for abuse by unscrupulous data practices. The report warns many of these devices are already being integrated into a growing big data digital health and marketing ecosystem, which is focused on gathering and monetizing personal health data in order to influence consumer behavior. You can assume that the data your wearable collects isn't just between you and your app. You, that might not even bother you for now, but as the devices and the connected health systems evolve, more and more of your private life might be up for grabs. I love my Fitbit, and I, I totally would love if my Fitbit could somehow even call an emergency service if something was wrong with, say, my heartbeat, <laughs> right? I've fallen I like and I that. can't get up. Right? Like, I, I like yeah. that idea, but I don't like the idea of them, like, say, upping my in health insurance, we'll say, if, oh. if oh, I wasn't that. moving that yeah, much. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? Right. Um, but I also think that if they were to be tracking, say, big groups of people and coming up with uh, some sort of analysis on d just the generalized health, yep. they would have the wrong data set because people who wear Fitbits are more likely, or f not just Fitbit, 
I just throw that yeah, out we'll there. Yeah, we'll just they're, um, they're the big ones, yeah. Yeah, they, they're more likely to actually be active, so it actually gives a, a false positive, I think. Mm. My watch, Sasha, is steampunk. Yeah, it is super cool. I have to cool. wind it. I have to wind my watch. It That's doesn't cool. even have a battery. That's cool. It doesn't track me. It, 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 what creeps me out about this kind of tracking and the ability for somebody to, to buy this type of information is... There, there's a fine line. Advertising is very targeted these days. Mm-hmm. And that's fabulous on a site like ours where if we do a show about quadcopters, you'll probably see advertisements about quadcopters. It makes sense because yeah. that's what you're watching. That's what you're interested in. Um, if you're on Facebook and you're having a chat and you've liked a couple of things that have to do with kittens, you'll probably start seeing ads for cats. Mm-hmm. Just to because I figure Facebook is all about cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mostly. So what if all of a sudden those ads start turning to things like diabetic candy and right. things that are very specific to an individual's health? Well, that's tr- like I'm very into my Fitbit, so I even have the scale, my smart scale that emails yeah. me when the battery's low. <clears throat> so I weigh myself daily, which means that my daily weight fluctuations right. are actually that. accessible. So they might, so for me, I, I'm kind of up and down a little bit and a little bit. And so, you know, especially at the holiday time, now is the advertising going to start to be, now it's not a problem for me. But, but for someone who's wearing these devices, are they going to see these fluctuations and say, start advertising something like, uh, I don't know, Flex Belt or something like that? Or, right. you know, whatever. Or else all is of a sudden you you're weight. declined if you try to, say, apply for some sort of insurance. That's where it starts to get very creepy. Okay. See, I don't like that. I, this I, is, don't, this is I don't think that's possible. You don't think so? Uh, no. Because then that doesn't become ha- part of your health record, though? Yeah, but to decline you based on the fact that you aren't performing as well on this device sure. is, is discriminatory as far as I'm concerned. It's no different than having... But it's your health record. Right, but it's no different than having, say, uh, insurance savings by getting that device in your car that shows how your driving is. So if anything, to use the Fitbit to... or whatever health tracking electronics you Sorry, have. Fitbit. <laughs> we keep saying your name. So, um, but to... To reduce your insurance, I could see that. But to deny you or to increase your premiums, that's a big no-no because the moment they do that, you're going to have somebody who's going to challenge them in court saying, but the person who doesn't have that device, their premiums didn't go up, so why are you discriminating against me because I bought this device? And they'll win that one in court very easily. Because if that's the case, people are just going to turn around and go, well, I'm not going to buy (laughs) the device. They'll become compulsory. Yeah, but I just... (laughs) Why is this a surprise? It's not. Like, I don't think it's, su- it's a, surprise. a surprise. It's more like a creepy, like, yeah. oh, this is actually happening. No, what's creepy, I think, is that new story coming up about the girlfriend in a cage. Well, let's find out let's more. Let's find out let's, more about that. Let's move along. Okay. <laughs> Games company Nintendo has now rolled out with Super Mario Run for i uh, Run to iPhones and iPads. Nintendo had initially shunned smartphones, preferring to focus on its own hardware. However, weak sales of its Wii U console and a decline in demand for the 3DS handheld caused the firm to sustain large financial losses, putting it under pressure to change tack. The app marks the first time the firm has created a smartphone game based on its most famous character. 
It follows the successful release of Pokemon Go earlier in the year. Nintendo owns a minority stake in the Pokemon company, but the title was developed by a third party. Super Mario Run takes the Super Mario Brothers format, where the character sprints from left to right, collecting coins, jumping over obstacles, and squishing enemies, and tweaks the gameplay to make it easy to play on a one-handed touchscreen. For now, the title is restricted to Apple's iOS platform, but Nintendo has said it will come to Android at some point in the future. Nintendo's domestic rival, Sony, is also making an effort to create games for iOS and Android based on its PlayStation brands. It revealed last week that a new Parappa the Rapper title and an Everybody's Golf game are currently being developed. When I first read this story, I really thought because it, Pokemon Go was in the actual story itself that it was going to be an augmented reality huh. game with Mario where Mario like you would actually game. like have to run and jump. And I l liked it, especially yeah. if you're wearing a Fitbit. It would be great. Um, it's not that. It's just a game on your phone. It's just a game. It's Mario. And people are complaining that uh, you have to pay £10, pounds for, after, it, or $10 yeah, for it. Yeah, after right. level three, you have to pay. I think you can yeah. play for free until level three and then you pay like a chunk of money so i wonder if maybe they haven't done it right mm -hmm. as far as like marketing and sales goes um especially when pokemon go was available free to play free. right mm -hmm. um but with mario i mean they're they're playing into the nostalgic aspect of hey i would love to have this for my kids because i played it growing up on the nes mm -hmm. um but maybe they've done it wrong but it does to me signify a, a revolution in the company because of the fact that um, they're, they're actually bringing their games to other platforms, which has always been a no-no for Nintendo. Like, you wouldn't see Mario on uh, Sega Genesis officially. Right. Right. right? But see, I, I'm interested to see how this plays out with the new Nintendo unit, that the uh, Nintendo Switch, I think it's called. Oh, yes. Um, where you, yeah. like, you just move it from a console oh, yeah. to a you know a handheld for to, the addicts that yeah, can't like, be without their video game i'm interested to see how this plays in and will they have porting of your app sure. over into right. the game yeah who knows you know eh? to try and pull you, you may back have to in. buy it again i, I would know. like to just welcome you all into my brain imagine how much better this would be if it was an augmented reality game <laughs> i'm picturing like the 3d aspects of paper mario yeah. where you're running like headlong uh, in first person view and able to do some and then the, you know the, the the pipe pops up and mm -hmm. the, that would be pretty neat so as augmented reality he's so cool i i agree that would be fun that would be worth my ten ten dollars all right now something not so cool yahoo has said data from more than one billion accounts may have been hacked and this is separate from the hack they revealed back in september should you be worried and what can you do to protect yourself in the future People might suppose the breach is unlikely to affect them because the attack happened three years ago and there was no widely reported abuse of the data in the meantime. However, hackers might have targeted users' emails. Yahoo has said it is also investigating a later separate issue that might have made some accounts accessible without passwords. Yahoo has reassured its users, we continuously enhance our safeguards and systems that detect and prevent unauthorized access to user accounts. Some may not think of themselves as Yahoo users, but the firm has provided email services for several ISPs as well, such as BT, Sky, and Rogers. It's also worth remembering that Yahoo acquired Flickr in 2005. 
Oh. Yahoo has said, though, that accounts for Tumblr, which it also owns, would not have been affected. Change your passwords, but once this password is changed, it is also recommended that you change all of your passwords on all accounts that you use and make sure that you use a different one for each, which I really need to do. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you don't realize that, okay, your password is now out there from when you signed up for Flickr. Right. Because Yahoo has been hacked. And so now if you also use that for your email on Hotmail or Gmail or wherever and you use it for your online banking or you use it for anything else, now all of a sudden you are very uh, at a very uh, dangerous spot. Mm-hmm. But the we fact that the Yahoo... Did you say they also do Rogers? Yeah. Yeah, they like, provide Rogers' email. Like, Rogers is massive in Canada. Yeah. That's... A, wow. It's, it's a really... It's and, a big deal. So we have sure. an episode with a, a password recipe... Maker, right? Uh, well, that- we discussed, Hillary and I actually, yeah. Sasha, um, talked about how to create password recipes to, to add entropy to your password. And there's a really cool tool, uh, if you haven't seen it already, um, how, I think it's how safe is my password.com. Let's see. Let me just confirm that before you actually type it into your browser. No, how secure is my password.com. How secure is my password.com? No, that is not it. Ah, oh, come on. Is it gone? How secure? Let me find it for you, folks. Dot net. Dot net. My mistake. Please make sure you go to the right one. How secure is my password.net? So, Sasha, throw me just, uh, like, just make up a fake password that, that would be about the same entropy of, of something that you would use. Okay, what about if I put category five, but the E was a three? Oh, okay. Category five. That would take a single computer 42 minutes to crack that password. Oh, none of my passwords are safe. Yeah. <laughs> this just in. Yeah, that's a, that's a helpful tool to be able to show you um, kind of how, how safe your password is. Um, Oh, I'm so sad about yeah. this. So with, oh. with our password recipe episode, we learned to create really strong passwords that are memorable to you but impossible for someone else to figure out. And the interesting thing about password recipes is that you can actually write it down. You can have it stuck as a sticky note on your monitor. Right. And yet, if someone were to sit down at your computer and try to hack into your account, they wouldn't be able to get in because right. it's a recipe. It's right. not the actual password. It's a recipe. So it's, you've got to watch I, that episode. I don't want to, you know, I will, I will stuff. watch that. Episode, but I do have to tell you like the quickest tiny story about how really insecure my passwords really are is that I wrote on um, a post-it note, all of my accounts and all of my passwords and had it in my wallet. The sticky note fell out of my oh, wallet. No. Oh, oh, and uh, I, uh, like I luckily I found it on the ground, but I literally had everything there. Crazy. Okay. All right. Next the, up. Next this up. This one is really creepy. This is totally creepy. The future is apparently here. 
and it's creepier than we ever imagined. A Japanese company called Vinclu is now taking pre-orders from Japan and the United States for a new interactive artificial intelligence driven home automation system, or as the promos make it appear, a virtual girlfriend for a lonely businessman. <laughs> called Gatebox, the new Internet of Things product takes Amazon's Alexa, Google Home, Spike Jones's film Her, and the holographic anime characters of Vocaloid concerts to their unified natural conclusion. While it may appear Gatebox is a cage for a subservient little anime princess, part of the device's backstory is that Gatebox is in fact a gateway to the dimension the character lives in. Gatebox, priced at about $2,700 US, is targeted at lon young lonely guys and anime-obsessed nerds, promising the experience of living with your favorite character while in reality living with no one. It's roughly the size of a home coffee maker and its main feature is a clear projection tube that displays a computer animated avatar for the AI's character. Vinclu is planning multiple possible personalities for Gatebox. Gatebox's website proclaims she will always do all she can for the owner just for the owner. Voiced by Japanese actress Yuka Hayamizu, the character has her own website with a backstory that explains how she was invited to cross dimensions for a homestay with a master on Earth. This is just a sad and this is a sad story, really. Technology I, is amazing. The, they can do this now, the, and this is what they do. The one thing that I like about this, though, is... It, I mean, it's an integrated like home situation, right? So this sure. this automated home automated yeah this this girl we'll call her she knows <laughs> she knows that you're on your way home. She could possibly oh turn on the lights or start a pot of coffee or you know if she was connected with your kitchen start cooking your meal. <laughs> you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you should get on to just whatever search engine, but probably Google because they own YouTube, and do a search for Gatebox. And just click on one of the videos and see the commercial, and you'll see what I'm saying when I say this is a really creepy uh, way to do things, because this thing right. will actually text to its real-world boyfriend and say, oh, honey, are you coming home soon? There are must and, be, and like, though. There must be a level of interaction, right? You must be able to turn sure. it up or turn it down. AI, oh, do you think so? Right? Do you think I you think can actually, like, let's let's not be a, a creepy, subservient um, little thing? Yeah, well, yeah. I, but here's the benefit <laughs> to it. I'm, I'm going to bright side this up. There are people out there who are very lonely who just really need the interaction through the day, and here it is. I mean, yeah. it's not real, sure. really, but... but AI is... has come a long way, and, and you know, that's yeah. scary in and of itself um, in some ways because it leads to other things. But, yeah, I, could, I can see that aspect of it, but where, where it crosses over from AI into reality in that, you know, like the whole text messaging thing. Because, like, I met, I met my wife... I can't speak, <laughs> but I met my wife on ICQ. Right. And so up until we met in person, we had never l looked in, into each other's eyes. We'd never seen each other. And yet we were in love. So right. isn't it a dangerous thing to think that someone could fall in love with an apparition? But it's already happening. Sure. Like, but this takes it to a whole new level of creepy. Absolutely it does. I, th this on so many levels is just wrong 
But just isn't it just wrong. a little bit right in the way that people I, I, don't have to be alone any longer? Look, th- this yeah. isn't like a, a get Tony get a, get Stark. A this isn't a Tony Stark Jarvis situation. Like, it's not the same as having a computer voice around your house. It's like, hey, what's going on? I did this today. Like, it. There's a visual aspect to it, which. Okay. In turn, creates that, an emotional I'm, connection. I'm giving you the fact that the actual visual thing, I'm not like loving the actual character. Yeah, okay. Uh, she looks cool. So <laughs> maybe she could be like Patrick Stewart's head. Yeah. Can you. So, okay, are you so, coming, are you so coming home you soon? If you threw in like a, a, a virtual Patrick Stewart head, people would go, oh. This is okay. It's a Star Trek toy now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's a unspecified character, full body it can character. Actually be, no, these can actually be characters from anime. You get to pick that, different That characters. you are already reading their, right. their manga comics right. and stuff. But there's still, there's, I, Could I mean. Could you make it like from the oh. comic books, like Archie comics? Could you have like, you choose like, like Betty or Veronica? Yeah, you want Betty. <laughs> I did, uh, just, there's, there. You know that feeling you get? You just go, I got that feeling. There's it's that, the that un- little it's the, uncanny, it's the uncanny valley, I think is the technical yes, term. Yes, true. I have yes. no clue what you call it, but yeah. I, I mean, so from a com- remove the tech side of it and the creepy side of it, I think there's also the fact that this is a social side of it when you consider where it's being developed from. You've got a country like China that's... This struck- is Japan. I know, but... Does that? I understand it's coming from Japan, but like you, if you take a country like China where you're struggling with that um, gender balance okay. because of the years and years of the one-child rule. So you've got, and, I mean, this box is a whole another realm of, mm. of um, people finding companionship when there's no actual companion there. This right. isn't a new and I, thing. I think but Sasha, isn't that, that's filling need that can't be filled otherwise if there's no other companions there and the only time i would say that this is actually a problem is if somebody were to be turning down real human interaction because they are don't you think they they want to get home to their like if you look at the commercial and she says why don't you leave work early tonight that's creepy that one's bad why don't you leave work early tonight honey come home to me she says but from a psychological standpoint this is already happening there are people who are are already shirking off physical human connection for computer connection people are starting to identify it as a type of sexuality this just plays into that uh, right i just i don't want anybody to ever be alone (laughs) yeah get a dog that's my thinking but what do you what do you folks think like comment below let us know what you think about gatebox and uh go watch the commercial because it is it's very interesting technology it's very very smart very intelligent um cool technology very cool and i think it has it could have really really good uses but i think our concerns could be justified Sasha's like, no, I just don't want to I just just had this great idea for people who don't actually want to have their own kids, but they want to like a baby. They could make like a baby gate box where it just like wakes up at 3 a.m. just screaming uncontrollably until you like soothe it back. What goes through your mind? (laughs) See, I I do have to give kudos to Agamotto in in the chat room right now who brought up a good point about um, somebody who may be autistic where maybe you can't socially interact with people as an educational tool and as a social yeah sure so i mean from, that makes me think of education i, I can well. see there's benefits to it yeah 
But I don't know. I just I, I look at the photo you got up on the screen. The guys are in a suit. Uh, That's a I think that they the picked itself. the wrong image for it. They picked the wrong commercial image. You mean the tight miniskirt? The, they the... picked the wrong character for the anime, and they yeah. picked the wrong character for the businessman. Because I don't necessarily think that's exactly how it would go. I think it that maybe it like would be somebody dating. who might have a little bit more of a social anxiety situation that yeah. really just wants the connection. So there can be some benefits yeah. here. Certainly. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to throw a whole new spin on it. But I do realize the time is going on. But we just had this topic about the Fitbit and sport watches. Yes. Tracking all your kind of stuff. Imagine now marketing from this standpoint. Yeah, she would be like, hey, you're getting like, fat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> say your, your, your gate box individual is part of the Internet of Things, and suddenly, you know, you're carrying on this conversation about, you know, how was your day? Oh, it was great. I dealt with this, this, this at work, and all of a sudden you've, your box is collecting data for corporate espionage. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, because of these conversations, all of a sudden it turns around and goes, well, you know, I heard of this product. You should try this. Like so smart. This is the making of a movie, I, I just, think. I yeah, that's true. I was thinking more like you get up in the middle of the night and you try to get a snack and your fridge is locked. Wasn't yeah. there, wasn't there already a movie? I don't know, but Sasha made a funny comment before the show um, that you bring home a real life girlfriend and this thing detects its cell, uh, her cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. Honey, what are you doing? <laughs> Who is this? And oh, starts doing things like wiping her phone and installing Trojans and <laughs> all like, kinds of crazy stuff. It's like a yeah, really be a bad dating version of very, Eagle Eye. Yeah, it'd be an interesting movie. Wow. I feel like we could do one hour on this news story alone. Oh my goodness. However, here's another great one. You got another one? Yes. The M-Drive propulsion system seems to cherry pick from the laws of physics and science fiction to produce an engine capable of getting humans to the moon in 10 days or to Mars in 10 weeks without any fuel. Wow. A leaked paper from NASA was posted online last month suggests that not only have researchers at Johnson Space Center in Houston been tinkering around with the idea, which a lot of people knew, but they have one that actually works. And now China has announced that it too has created a working prototype. It's one of the previously closely guarded experiments being conducted on the Chinese space lab recently put into orbit. At a press conference in Beijing yesterday, researchers with the China Academy of Space Technology, or CAST, said the government had been funding the research for about six years, and all that the NASA results do is confirm what they have already achieved. CAST also also plans to put their impossible reactionless engines to work powering satellites as soon as possible. The M-Drive engine defies Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Jet engines burn fuel to power turbines to suck in the air and blast it out backwards to produce forward thrust. The M-Drive, however, ejects no opposite directed mass or particles to produce forward thrust. Instead, it bounces microwaves around inside a cone-shaped metal chamber, which, because of the shape, produces thrust at the wider end. The concept is for the unit to convert sunlight in the sunlight in space into the needed microwaves, making a self-sustaining power plant that never needs a refill. 
Li Fang, Chief Designer at the China Academy of Space Technology's Communication Satellite Division, said the technology being tested in orbit right now is in the latter stages of the proof of principle phase, with the goal of making it available in satellites as quickly as possible. I love this idea for technology for even us on Earth, although as you like probably couldn't do it in a car, but you could yeah. probably <laughs> you could probably make something like this happen okay. for like power plants. Sasha. Yeah. Gets us to Mars in ten weeks. Okay, it would be fast. Imagine putting this yeah, it'd be fast. It'd be fast. It currently takes like forty three weeks, somewhere along there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think you'd want to put it in your car. But I love it. I love the innovation. But, I mean, if they made a smaller version of it, like, you know, something that's the size of, say, a coffee cup in your car, you know. Right. Suddenly, how big was the one that they made? It's not that big. Although it is a prototype. It's not, like, up in space flying to Mars right now. Correct. Still, it's very cool. I'm interested to find out where this goes. This is a technology that's... To Mars. In 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be there. They're like, we're already there. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. You know, the cool thing about this is if they could do Mars in 10 weeks, I can totally see this as a, hey, we can get you to the moon in three hours. Well, they said, what, 10 days? 10 hours. 10 hours. 10 days. 10 Ten days or ten hours? I think it was oh, ten days. Ten days. Was it ten days? Yeah. No, I don't know. You're the moon, the news, The moon girl. is only three, three <laughs> days as it is. The moon? To get to the moon. Isn't it only no. like a three-day flight? I would expect it would take like 30 days. Wouldn't it? The, the moon? No. No, it wouldn't. The moon now we're like, going to have to Google that. The moon is like a three-day flight. So what is it with this drive? Isn't that what Apollo 13 taught us? That was a movie. That wasn't even real life. Oh, it was no. Tom so, yeah, Hanks. three days to the moon, says everybody. Three in days the to the moon? Yeah. But didn't you say ten days? Maybe I'm just hearing. No, it's ten weeks to Mars, three days to the moon. But imagine, I mean, where's... No, but, so t- is it ten hours? Must be. With this drive? I know I read this, like, just M-drive seconds ago, but I forget already. Moon. M-drive moon. Everything you need to know about the M-drive thruster. That's yep. cool. Could potentially make it to the moon in just a few dot, dot, dot. <sighs> I know. It literally says that. A reactionless drive could potentially make it to the moon in just a few dot, dot, dot. Thank you, Google. Oh, look at that. The moon in four. I'm seeing four. Four hours. I'm assuming four hours. hours. Yep. Four hours. But still, could you imagine that? Like, well, I don't feel like going to work today. I'm going to go to the moon. Let's go to the moon. It's like, hey, kids. Instead of Florida, we're going to the moon. It certainly makes, uh, you know, if they can colonize. Fantastic. Why would you? I there don't you think we should move humans to other planets only because we're really bad at this one. Yeah. Um, like you don't think this one great. We are by nature Let's... explorers, though. Yeah. We need to go and explore. That's why explore. video games are so popular. We love to go into worlds that do not exist right. in reality. We you, love to see what. You know the concept that you can't get a living animal until you can keep a plant alive for a certain amount of time. Like yeah. you shouldn't have a baby unless you can keep like. You know, a, a house plant or a pet alive. <laughs> yeah, we right? start with a house plant, then Exa- you can have a baby. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is how I feel about Earth and then colonizing other planets. Yeah, but maybe mm, focus on but, seeing if you can make this one work. But we may, well, I mean, just exponential growth of human population, you're not going to have much of a choice. It's a tough call, too, because you can't, you can't generalize. Entire civilizations cannot be generalized by the 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 what some people do yeah right well there if you look at earth as a whole 
there won't we're, be there won't be exploding populations if everybody gets one of these new girlfriends. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wow, population just... growth solved. Oh, right. Sasha. Thanks for watching the Category 5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. For the Category 5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and you'll find our website at www.category5.tv. We're out of time, but real quickly, uh, there is still time to our Christmas giveaway of Chipolo. We've got yes. some of these to give away. These are coin-sized tracking devices that allow you to track down your missing stuff. Make sure you check out our website, cat5.tv slash Chipolo. And, of course, you can buy them there, but we have a contest for Christmas uh, where we are giving away... Uh, two of those uh, devices so you can put them on your devices or share them with a friend or a loved one stick it on uh, on their clothes put it in their pockets so you know exactly where they are at all times creepy stalker like not really and then get your girlfriend if you in the lose box. your keys if you lose <laughs> this is referring back to the news but yes yeah about the news yeah we're not we're not promoting that oh just <laughs> so uh, weird also we've got the uh the jabiz amp sound uh bluetooth headset this is Those really amazing. cool these are great because they're bluetooth headphones uh for your device you can pick up phone calls with it but also they function as a hearing apparatus so Correct. it improves your hearing uh it's like a hearing aid in that it in, in increases the the ability to hear things around you um but it's it, it doesn't require the medical consultation and the molds being done of your ear and everything like that um all the stuff that goes into hearing aids plus the high price of a hearing aid a traditional hearing aid yep. so these are available as well at cat5.tv slash amp sound thank you very much to those who have already purchased amp sound um, that's something that we have brought into canada here at category 5 tv and uh, i'm really excited about the product and and uh, really love technology that helps people um, to live life uh, more comfortably mm -hmm. um, and that's a, a great product cat5.tv slash amp sound that's all the time that we have for tonight. Boy, it flies by, even though we're overtime, eh? It's like, I know. boom, there we go. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and, a, uh, and we will be here next week uh, to wish you a Happy New Year as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're not here next week, Happy New Year. But we will be here live uh, on our new set, if all goes well. Um, so we're looking forward to that. So Good times. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Jeff and Sasha, and you at home. Right. Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas.